welcome, welcome into the wrap, everybody. It's Ethan, Stephen, and Ellington in the studio. Yo, yo. Wow. Maz and Clarence are out and about enjoying the world. We are here in Farmington Hills at the Jim Rill's Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington Hills here at NRM. And our last show, we had the pleasure of talking with Anthony Broom of the Mason Brew publication about the University of Michigan football, Jim Harbaugh, and then just the landscape of the Big Ten uh, football season in general. And we're going to delve a little bit more into it because there were some great points that were brought up that we want to dive more into. The first one being the, the football recruiting and why or where Michigan stands right now. And I believe, Stephen, that you have uh, the current rankings for 2021 pulled up. Uh, yeah, I do. But um, I just thought it was interesting because as we were talking to Anthony about it, he mentioned the fact that the difference between a team like Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson and Michigan in terms of their recruiting and their rankings and things like that isn't exactly far off. And I, I would say he's not exactly wrong about that like there is not that big of a noticeable difference because I mentioned off the air to you guys that for 2021 it goes Ohio State Alabama and Clemson one two and three and then Michigan's down just a few more spots at number nine but then if you look at the class for 2022 and we also talked about this off the air that with COVID and everything going on there is going to be kind of that difference between some teams because they're not able to actively recruit as much as they might normally be but for right now in 2022 it's LSU Ohio State Alabama and Oklahoma as the top four and then Michigan's down a little ways down the list at number 14 currently according to 24-7. And I would Mm -hmm. like to bring up even with the 2021 recruits there are still I believe like four or five of the top 15 that aren't fully committed anywhere yet and it's because they are hoping that they'll be able to take their visits to some of these schools. Yeah. Uh, the number two defensive end in the nation, JT, I'm going to butcher his last name. I just <laughs> know it for a fact. Tum, Tumalo, I don't, I don't know. From, from the state of Washington, that's all I'm just going to say. Uh, he's right now in between a few different schools. There's Ohio State, there's Washington. I believe Alabama's been trying to get in on him too. He wants to take his visits before he commits. Um, the wide receiver, also out of the state of Washington, uh, Emeka Ogbuk, is looking at Ohio State. He's looking at Washington. He's looking at Oklahoma. He really wants to go visit all these schools. There are still a lot of talented players that have not committed anywhere yet that will also shape these rankings. And with that being said, my, my question is because I looked at the rankings just a second ago. I see Ohio State, four five-star recruits. Yeah. Uh, Alabama, four five-star recruits. And then I look down the line, and no other school really has more than one five-star recruit. Yeah, it's usually it, it, it looks like it's usually very centralized between a few schools. It's usually Ohio State has a couple. I think in 2020 they had about three maybe off the top mm-hmm. of my head that I could think of. But, yeah, it's usually like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, maybe Georgia gets one or two. But then really after that, outside of those like four or five teams, it's really just kind of maybe one person here, one person there type of thing, which I thought was really funny because in 2020 
Maryland actually got one on a mm-hmm. five-star wide receiver who they flipped from LSU. So it's really funny because when you think of five-star recruits, you think of Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, those places, but you don't really think of Maryland all that often. Yeah. You, you, and Michigan, we only they only got one and in, yeah, in 2021, the QB. It's the, yeah, the quarterback. But it's interesting to me because there are twenty right now there are 29 five-star recruits. Now, yes, some of these some of these players have not committed anywhere yet. But the way I look at this is it baffles me when I see that, you know, you got Tennessee with a five-star recruit, and they are actually in the running for two others. Tennessee. I, I, I understand SEC, yeah. but it's Tennessee. They've always been decent recruiters, though. They have. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, for, I forget the movie The Blind Side. <laughs> uh, you know, I want him. I want him so bad. Shout out Ole Miss, but yeah. uh, it's just I don't. He's not getting the job done. You could say compared to his top competitors, and it's like it's like what he said. Like we get the same number of commitments, really mm-hmm. twenty three, twenty seven, those numbers, but zero five stars or one five star, and even our four stars. When you look at the rankings, they're not at really at the top. They're in the lower bottom half of four stars. So. And I think it's important to note for people that these player, the, these stars, these recruiting pieces these are fluctuating pieces oh, yeah, you could be sure. a four star going into your senior season and by the end of it be a five star yeah or you could be a five star and you just really suck that season and go down <laughs> to a four star and even then they only have what like 25 stars out of 300 players in their ranking so it's like yeah right now i believe it, they're up to 29 and you, you're gonna see it fluctuate but what and we talked about this on the other show what baffles me is jim harbaugh is a quarterback coach or a quarterback whisperer or whatever you want to call him. Whisperer. He hasn't had a quarterback at Michigan that knows how to play football. Not a single one. I'm sorry. Shea Patterson, you you had the title of Michigan starting quarterback. You know what you would have had at Ohio State? The title of four-string four quarterback. I don't even think you would have been in the top three. I mean, I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow was fourth Joe Burrow was a fourth true. string, and then a third string, and then he was, you know, he's gonna be the starter. Nope, Dwayne Haskins beat him out for the job. So, go transfer down to LSU. I still consider him a Buckeye. He committed to Ohio State. Oh, come on. Yes, he went come to LSU, on. but Ohio State had the had players for the number one, two, and three draft picks in 2020, and no other school can ever say that. Stop with this. No, Buckeye no one, no propaganda. one can ever. No, no one more can Buckeye ever propaganda say that. in Michigan. No, but you got a point though. I mean, we haven't had a good QB since he's been here. I'm. I. I like the prospects of what was it, Milton and McCaffrey. Yep. I kind of like Milton. I mean, he's like a pro style QB, which I think better suits Harbaugh in the first place. See, McCaffrey's more and, of a and dual see, I'm fine with Dylan McCaffrey. If I'm a Michigan fan, I want Dylan McCaffrey starting. I think he I is a talented dual threat quarterback. He can run, but throwing, we haven't really seen much of his prowess in that aspect yeah and i i definitely like milton's arm more and i think for a sure. lot of michigan fans do too because during this whole covid period for the last four or five months or so he's been doing individual workouts on his own like yep. throwing and things like that um i think he also works with former michigan quarterback devin gardner a bit too but um yeah people have seen some videos from him throwing to guys during this covid period and he's just got a such a rocket for yeah. an arm and what is he he's like what six two 
No, I think he's about six five. Six he five. Is, he is on the top. And like side. McCaffrey, I don't know if he's even six feet. You know, it's like. But you know, height doesn't mean everything to be not a everything. Look but at, it is look important. At, look at old man Drew Brees. Oh, for sure, for I sure. I mean, he ain't he, he ain't tall. Sure. Uh, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson yeah. ain't tall. Yeah. Um, so there are quarterbacks at the smaller size that can get it done. But my my whole thing is, you look at the the quarterbacks that have come out in the drafts lately. And who have been successful in the NFL, and you've got guys like Deshaun Watson. You have, uh, I'm blanking on the name right now. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you blank on that name, Patrick Mahomes. I, I was Super Bowl MVP. Lamar Jackson. You know, people didn't think he should be a quarterback, but you're seeing more and more the dual threat quarterbacks. For sure, it's taking are getting over. drafted higher over the pro style quarterbacks. Yeah, and they're also having. More success even with a pa- a strong passing offense versus a balanced or a run-based offense. And yeah. that's where I look at Michigan and I say, Harbaugh loves to throw the ball. He loves his passing game. He loves his passing offense. And yet he can't get a legit quarterback there that mm-hmm. he can mold into a superstar. Yeah, And then I also look at... You know, you got to pass it to someone. You got to pass it to a wide receiver. Michigan, they had that great wide receiving core that people thought were going to be outstanding and amazing these last few years. Uh, I believe it was just uh, Peppers was the only one, or Peoples Jones was the only one to go to the draft this past year. Tariq Black got hurt. Mm -hmm. But my whole thing is, and I look at the recruiting, why is it that Ohio State could recruit? Four of the top f- ten wide receivers in the 2021 class, and Michigan couldn't recruit a single one. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not I gonna do, lie. Like, I do know that, like, if you look at okay, who in the NFL went to what school? How, like, because players do look at this. Can you get me to the NFL? If that is your sure. goal, you try to go to the school that can best get you there. For sure. Hopkins, Watkins, both out of Clemson. We know Clemson can produce wide receivers. Yeah. Michael Thomas, the NFL single-season record holder for receptions, Ohio State. Madden 99 overall, which people like to debate these days. Very true. Well, I got some issues with some Madden ratings, but we can get into that later. Rob Gronkowski, what, what, a 95? (laughs) Are you kidding me? So partying on the boat, drinking the beer, gets me a 95? It's because of his association with the GOAT, man, Tom Brady. That's all it is. I would love to talk about that. (laughs) Because there was some great stuff sent on Mike Fellini's show yesterday that had me laughing. I think, and I agree with Mike Fellini, Tom Brady was brought into Tampa Bay to be a money maker, not a winner. And there there are the stats to back that up, but we'll not get into that right now. Anti-Michigan propaganda. So my, my question is, where does Michigan truly need to devote its recruiting to to compete at the national level, because the goal ultimately, I would think, would be to win the Big Ten East, win a Big Ten championship, and try to make a run at the national championship. If I'm not mistaken, that would yeah. be the ultimate goal. I think the improvement probably should come in the with our defense has always been solid. Mm-hmm. I say, yep. so I'm looking at QBs and running backs personally. That's what I'm looking at, and we did we do have a QB five star for 2021, which is a huge pickup. And uh, we are looking at what is it, Donovan Edwards for Don- Donovan back Edwards out of West, out of West yep. Bloomfield. Bloomfield High School. But uh, that's I think where we need the major improvements, just for some prolific offense that we are in dire need of. 
Well, I think if we're just going by positions specifically as far as where they need to improve uh, going forward here the next couple of years, I think they're pretty much fine at running back. They do have Zach Charbonnet that played last year. Hassan Haskins, I believe, is going to be a junior this year with a few more years of eligibility. Um, And then they do have one of the top running backs in the country for 2021. Or no, I'm sorry, 2020 in Blake Corum, who was a borderline five-star, I believe, a high-end four-star by many people's account. So I think they're fine there. But for me, and we've talked about it a ton so far today, is obviously quarterback number one. And then for me, one of the things I wanted to bring up with Anthony on our last show was offensive line, because in this past 2020 uh, NFL draft, they had four of their five offensive linemen get drafted. So that's obviously going to be a big thing to focus on for them during training camp here over the next month or so as we get into the season is how do you replace those guys? Because the only one that's returning is Jalen Mayfield at right tackle, and he's even going to be gone after this year most likely, assuming he doesn't opt out this year because on a lot of the projections that I've seen for next year's draft, he's kind of a borderline first-round pick, like late first-round, early second-round pick. So should they just be doing seven-on-seven football then? You know, just forget the offensive line, (laughs) forget (laughs) the defensive line, and just play seven-on-seven. Um, I no. mean, if if they did that, they they actually <laughs> might not have a terrible chance against Ohio State. Oh yeah, because you you wouldn't it's have you wouldn't niche. have the Chase Youngs or the Boses of the world. But not even that. Like with their whole Doctor Blitz thing, with how they have to blitz on every play, it it wasn't really working against Ohio State the past few mm-hmm. years, and that's what a lot of their issues were in coverage. Because obviously, we know Ohio State's receivers are some of the fastest in the country, and it's so hard to stay with those guys. But not being able to have a pass rush and kind of disrupt that timing from some of these routes definitely hurt them defensively. So as much as we joke about it, if they did go to 7-on-7, I think it actually would benefit them because it would allow their defensive backs to be able to run with these guys a little bit more. I do have to agree with that. But there is one thing that I would love to see Michigan do, and it would be get the playbook out of Harbaugh's hands. And that, they that, did. That's that. That's I, what last year I was. I mean, I know, but I still watching some of those games and still watching the the so called game plan. <laughs> I have a feeling, even though they said he is not calling the plays, he still has heavy influence. And I understand he's the head he's coach. The head, yeah. He's yeah. the head coach. My issue is. You were getting yourselves into games where you're starting to fall behind, and what's your solution? Oh, let's try to throw a 20-yard pass. Yeah, no. Well, see, that's, that, that was the problem with the reason why he handed over the offense to Josh Gaddis when he brought him in last year was that there was reports coming out that in the years prior when he did actually have the final say in calling the plays on offense that they would have a game plan going into the game the minute, and I mean the minute they got behind in a game, Playbook's yeah. gone. Game plan's gone. We're uh, he he had no idea what to do. And I mean, yeah. with with some teams, yes, the minute you get behind, you do have to become a little bit concerned because it could turn into a blowout. But you, before but you, you know tweak it. the game you plan. T- you yeah, don't just you like know, toss it out like you did right. playbook right. in the Ohio State game back in 2016. You're right. You do tweak it, but at the same time, I never, no matter who the team is, even if it's Ohio State, my team, I don't understand the thinking of, okay, we're down by a touchdown. Every play, we're going to throw the ball 10-plus yards. Oh, no, it's ridiculous, for sure. Because if I'm a defense and if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm like, okay, we're playing zone. We're we're playing zone. We're playing at 10 yards. Especially when the QB's Shea Patterson. Yeah. 
And it's funny because we've even seen over the past like four or five years or so that Ohio State's quarterbacks, for whatever reason, have trouble facing zone defenses because we saw it, yeah. I believe it was in 2016 or 2017 mm-hmm. with JT Barrett against Iowa. Yeah. He <laughs> threw about four or five picks in that game because all they did was run zone. Their defensive coordinator even came out and said, I had no intention of running man-to-man against them. He's like, I knew it was going to be the worst idea I could have ever made, and it probably would have cost me my job if mm-hmm. I had tried. So I just didn't. Yeah. And I mean, the the truest thing, and this is not just with Ohio State, but even with Clemson, and I saw it during the Ohio State-Clemson game, you know, this past college football playoff year, and it baffled me was, okay, great offense that Clemson has. If you played a freaking zone and left a freaking QB spy in the middle of the field, those runs don't happen. That that run that Lawrence broke oh, yeah. for like 40 yards, that doesn't happen. If you're, if you're if you're that blitz, if you're, to my eyes if you're blitz, I know it did I, I must know say. it the Travis Etienne uh, just a simple angle route like as a Buckeye fan I'm thinking what are you doing leave somebody in the middle of the field because the minute he gets that ball you can go up on him the minute you try to play man to man with your with your linebacker against Travis Etienne yeah he's gonna get smoked. But you He's do agree that ju- Trevor Lawrence is better than Justin Fields. I, I believe it in a true dual threat manner. I don't oh. believe it in total football IQ. I believe Trevor Lawrence has more arm talent and is faster. Yeah. But when it comes to decision making, I do think Justin Fields is a little bit more above. Okay. And there were some plays that I think proved that in that playoff game. The only issue I had was... Of course, Fields was still not 100% healthy. Ah, here we go. But we'll see this year. He's 100% healthy. I mean, he did come back in that Michigan game after getting knocked out. I still and can't then, believe he threw that touchdown then, like 30 yards on dude, one and foot. And then what he, do, what he does after the one play he has to set out, yeah, he comes in, he fires a bullet, wide open, end zone, touchdown. I mean, there are, Disgusting. There are a lot of things that we can look forward to in this college football season, if it happens. Oh, easily. And I think it, the true battle of who is the best quarterback will be decided for this upcoming draft if this season happens. And I pe- think I think for me, as far as like what to look forward to with this season, you just kind of mentioned it, is that the fact that it's even going to happen, which we don't know as of today, August 6th, I believe it is, but the fact that it could happen is just exciting for me in itself because, for I mean, sure. we've seen it with the MLB, they've got their season going, at least for right now, but they're not really sure how long it's going to be going for because of the issues that they're having with the spread of COVID and things like that with teams like the Marlins. So I think for me, it's like as long as they can control it and do it the right way, then yeah, I think just having football back in general is going to be enough in itself. I I have the simple simple solution for that. (laughs) Players. Do not go to nightclubs. Do not go to strip hey, clubs. Man. Do not just go. Anywhere. I mean, you don't gotta call out Lou Williams like that, All right, man? Lemon pepper Lou, man. Not just Lou Williams. <laughs> the The issue with the, I believe it was the, uh, the Cardinals in baseball was they oh, wanted yaddy. to go. They wanted to go to the casino. They wanted to get drinks at the casino. That's why you need a bubble. Why man. don't you just get drinks at your hotel? They're probably cheaper, too, you know? 
I just don't. They want to go outside, man. They want to enjoy. See, my my firm belief, and I and I know this will piss off a lot of people when it comes to the NFL, Ooh. is my firm belief is because the NFL is going to take the same kind of approach that Major League Baseball has. I think if you don't have enough players to be able to play that week because of COVID, you automatically have to forfeit that game. I don't think it needs to be rescheduled. I just think that needs to be a loss on your part and a win to the other team. And if both mm. teams have COVID, okay, you both get a loss. But what if I it's think not be... because of, like, you saying going out and party? What if it's just happening because we're in a pandemic? You still think they deserve the loss? Well, my whole thing is if they're following the guidelines of the league and they're going strictly from their home to the stadium, back home, then there should be no transfer of disease or of COVID or whatever you want so, to call so it. So your whole thing is that you're just expecting that these guys are automatically like within their own whatever. They're they're gonna have enough mental whatever they're to, get, they're to getting do paid, what they're supposed to they're do. They're getting paid millions of dollars to do their job. If this is in their job description for this year, then yes, I do. I do yeah, expect but the, it. Like those are the guidelines, but the MLB isn't even doing everything they can to ensure that these guidelines are followed or that they're even protecting but the see, safety even, of the But see, even with baseball, that's what I want. I want <laughs> if you legitimately cannot field a team, okay, great. You get a you see loss. The Blue Jays though, what they said they they might uh fine you or throw some players in jail if they would get uh the the guidelines. Hey, it's and ridiculous. I truly and I truly believe they can fine them. I don't know about the Throwing in jail—that seems a little yeah. They threatened it. Yeah, I saw that. That that sounds a little extreme. I I mean, I'm sure they could find a way, but it it would just have to be so many different loopholes and things (laughs) involved. But with but with the fining, they they, I think they definitely can because it's you know you're violating your contract, you're violating your your team's rules, and you work for that team. But no, like if I am the commissioner of the NFL, and even with Major League Baseball, I wish they would have done this from the start. If you can't feel the team, it's a loss because yeah. it sickens me right now that the Florida, no, not the Florida Marlins, they're now the Miami <laughs> Marlins, are 5-1. and one. Guess what that makes them? The number one team in the NL. And they didn't play for nine days. Shout out to Jeter. Derek Jeter, you're not getting a ring this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're not. But it, it just baffles me that you. we can't follow the rules. And because we can't follow the rules, we're still going to reward you if you win less games than you're really supposed to be playing. Hey, man, I'm always on the side of the players, man. Like even in like college football, like if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm not. I'm not playing really. Like I'm already the top pick, and I'm only. And then the Clemson's only playing ACC games. Like who's in the ACC? Well, I'm. Why am I I, I'm going to agree with you on that because even him playing a full season in the ACC. It's not going to improve his draft exactly. stock. Exactly. Like, who cares? Unless he goes for, like, 5,000 yards and, <laughs> Which you could. and 70 touchdowns and, like, one pick. I mean, that was my whole joke with the ACC last year when it came to the rankings for the college football playoff. Yeah. And people saying, well, why isn't Clemson higher? Oh, why aren't yeah. they higher? I agree with that. Because they sure. play in the freaking ACC. Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's one good team in the ACC every year aside from them. But I think, like, to your point about, like, why does he have to play if it's an only ACC schedule? I think the same, because you mentioned it before about Justin Fields possibly improving his draft stock. I don't think he can improve it enough from possibly already being a top five, top ten mm-hmm. pick next year to where it really makes it worth his while to even play. Because even in a Big Ten only schedule, their first, like, four or five games are against Illinois, Rutgers, Purdue, and Indiana. So 
if they don't win each of those games by 30 points with or without him, I think it'll... I love the Buckeye schedule. I gotta be honest. I love it. Because their first matchup, that is the rivalry game against Michigan. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they play Michigan State the week before that, I believe. And Nebraska, I think. Yep. They go at Michigan State, then home against Michigan, then on the road for Maryland and Penn State. And then they have a bye week before they play Iowa. Can I say? Can road. I? Can I say the the truly game I'm worried about is the Penn State game because Penn State always has a good game plan. If they're blowing out teams by the time they get to Penn State, I'm calling it. The Big Ten season's over. Ohio State's the uh, the Big Ten champion. <laughs> but I mean, how great of a draw! Do they play Wisconsin? No. Oh my no. They don't play Wisconsin. They don't oh. play Minnesota. They don't play any other really powerful team. If you're the defending Big Ten champs, you are salivating at <laughs> being the Big Ten champs again. Because if you really can't win the Big Ten championship with that schedule, um, you're going to make a lot of Buckeye fans really upset. And I feel bad for Michigan State, too, because... On top of their schedule and bringing in Mel Tucker in his first year, I mean, they got some really hard games. They got at Penn State, at Michigan, which is really funny because it was supposed to be a home game mm-hmm. this year. Yep. But then they flipped it back to being an away game, so a lot of them aren't too happy about that. But, I mean, it makes it sense, does, though. But it doesn't matter. I mean, there's no fans. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, who knows? We'll see how the season shakes up. We'll see yeah. how Michigan, Michigan State, and my Buckeyes do. Oh, my God. I promise you, great Michigan people out there, this is not a Buckeye show. I know it may seem like that sometimes, but Michigan is still strong here. Well, we, we root for the winners. Oh. We root for the winners. You know, the, the, the rings mean everything. Ask Tom Brady. There you go. There's your Michigan guy. Go. For, for Stephen Ellington and myself, this has been The Wrap. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday for more.